0: What's an Educated Mama? Hello, I'm Ryan Jordan and welcome to the Educated Mama. During this podcast, we will learn from experts, entrepreneurs, creators, and leaders who are also mothers responsible for all the things. Let's celebrate women, learn a few mom hacks, and discuss the beautiful mess of motherhood. We're all learning together, right? Today's guest is Rachel Neal. Rachel is an entrepreneur from Wisconsin, and she's also the mother of five with a baby on the way. In 2017, Rachel launched her first company, leaving her comfortable gig and regular paycheck. She is currently the founder of Shenanigan and Kids. She started Carrick's Consulting Group, Talent Bandit, and she worked as an executive at Nordic Consulting. Company culture is Rachel's jam, and she's proud to be an entrepreneur, connector, and a dog lover. Let's meet our guest. Hi, Rachel. So good to be here thank you for inviting me yes i'm so excited to meet another entrepreneur from wisconsin although we didn't know each other before we got connected and it's really excited to explore what your life is like being a mother of five with one on the way and also being the founder of multiple companies so i want to dive right in and, and just ask the most obvious question for me in my background of child care is Rachel, how do you do it all with five children and one on the way?
1: I know it seems like a lot, right? Um, I, I one want to make sure people know in our household, we believe in 50-50. So my husband is a very active participant in the child care and rearing, but we couldn't have done it without having nannies and au pairs. And I w- that's why I mentioned I was so excited to see your background because it's such an essential service to provide families, and at least for for myself, has allowed me the opportunity to have a really fulfilling career, um, in addition to raising my kids. You know, I always say with that little extra helping hand, us women, we women can
0: have it all, right? Because we can't do it alone, and as as you know as participatory as our partners can be there's still room for multiple people in multiple places at multiple times and as your kids
1: grow that schedule gets pretty busy yeah i couldn't imagine i think it, my life would be a lot more difficult if i had to travel out to different schools and daycares and do drop offs and pickups and it's um it's so nice to have somebody in our home and i'm fortunate now i've been working from home for a while. I get to see the kids during lunch and um, after naps and go in and get those cuddles. And it's really fulfilling for me to have uh, both being able to have this career that I really enjoy and I'm passionate about and also be able to spend time with my family. Well, I would love to talk to you as well about the companies that you
0: started, because a lot of times I find that somebody starts a business and they kind of are in this business for many years. And the idea of launching another business can feel all-consuming. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you built your three different businesses and also how
1: you knew when to add more? Yeah. So- I um I really fell in love with the startup space when I was working with Nordic Consulting. I came on early and really had this great opportunity where we scaled from about 10 people to 900 and had taken on private equity money. And I saw just the trajectory and the opportunity. And so it was really, really fun wearing multiple hats. I really enjoyed that. And as we got bigger and became more corporate, my roles changed a bit and I thought, wow, I really miss being like in the details, in the weeds and making something happen. And that's when I had the idea for Carex. I think that there, I saw an opportunity in the market. I talked to a couple people, um, realized I was going to be able to raise a funding round and decided that I was going to go for it. And for me, having the funding was so important because it did allow me to take some bit of the risk off the table, so I was able to pull enough of a salary—not what I was making uh, current, you know, currently in that in my role with Nordic—but enough to not have to worry about how I was going to pay my bills. And I think that was really key. And it was so fun growing Carex and building a team and seeing seeing these ideas come to fruition. And then while we were at Carex during the pandemic, we actually got the idea for Talent Bandit. And we were looking, how is the pandemic going to impact different businesses and our business? And how can we turn lemons into lemonade? And so with with that company, we were able to leverage some of the capital that we had at Carex and bring on a couple new people and really work on this technical solution. And then while doing, while doing that there's in and the difference between i think Carrick's and talent bandit is talent Bandit had a lot of technical build um so our engineering team could do that and i was home with my five kids and thought oh my gosh i've got to keep them away from screens i've got to keep them entertained we can't go out and had the idea for shenanigan kids and it just was serendipitous that my friend chris ropey uh was at Lands End, as an exact as an executive, um, had been laid off because of the pandemic impacting retail, and we teamed up and together had the right resources to bring the Figgy and Shenanigan kids to life, and um, we actually just closed a um, a pre-seed round on that with a four million dollar valuation. So that's. Absolutely incredible. And did you do this on Kickstarter?
0: GoFundMe? I would love to hear a little bit more about when so many people say, I have an idea, but I don't know what to do with my idea. So can you tell me a little bit
1: more about idea to fruition? Yeah. And I think this is the part where I find so many people get hung up is that they have this great idea, but they think that it has to be perfect and all planned out before they can start executing. And I want to tell people like, no, just just start like build the bike as you ride it, because it's never going to be perfect or it's going to be perfect and it's going to be obsolete. So one of the nice things we did Kickstarter and we did Kickstarter because it was a way for us to really test the market and gauge interest before having to put down a lot of money to make our product real. And so Kickstarter allows you to basically have a prototype and an idea, put it out there for a certain number of days, people bid on it or they pledge. And then if you hit your goal and only if you hit your goal, do you have to fulfill those items. So, um, Chris and I thought, man, let's give this a shot. We have no idea if people want it. And then in eight minutes we had sold $40,000 worth of figgies and we closed our campaign, um, at over 200,000. Um, and it was important because we did it completely organically. So we didn't hire any of these firms out there to like promote our product and our Kickstarter wow that is some great connections
0: maybe a little luck and a lot of hard work there's a lot more work than i thought yes so let's so you mentioned the figgy this is your product with shenanigan kids so can you tell um you know our listeners what the figgy is
1: yes so the figgy is a kids play couch And what makes it so special is it has four base cushions and two rectangles and a wedge. And kids can use the Velcro, um, we have a patent pending Velcro connection system to really build all different types of forts and slides and really just be creative while playing with these safe big foam blocks. And for parents uh, like myself, Chris and I really weighed in and said, What what do we want? We don't want something that is bright and loud hanging out in in our living room. We want something to fit into the modern aesthetics. And so it's designed uh, with parents in mind as well. So it fits into your decor. It has waterproof liners. So when you're potty training or kids are spilling, you don't have to worry about uh, ruining your investment. And then we thought of all the little details like covering zipper jackets and um, making invisible zippers to make sure that kids and walls don't get scratched. But I think the, the really cool thing is it's from basically infant all the way up through the teen years because of all the different configurations and uses. And we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty proud of that. That's amazing. Great. Good on you for inventing another thing
0: that is going to help parents in their day-to-day and also help kids and their bodies explore. Now, you had mentioned um, that you are perhaps collaborating with another company because this could be, um, you know, an idea that works really well with children who have special needs. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah. So as we were designing this, we teamed up with Dotcom Therapy and they're this fantastic telehealth resource that's out there. Um, and they have speech, uh, speech therapists and occupational therapists who can work with kids remotely. And they kind of brought to our attention that this is like a really great therapy tool because kids can do their, um, OT exercises on it. It also helps with improving the gross motor skills. So when you think about kids learning to stand up or balance, and then even in the speech, uh, the speech therapy space using the objects to move it around and tie it into speech and sticking felt words on it keeps the kids engaged and helps to build their um build on their their existing therapies amazing amazing this is going to work really well for a large amount of
0: children in the community so i wish i wish you well with this this is great <laughs> let's back up a little bit and talk about company culture How long was it before you started Carrots Consulting that you were out of the day-to-day? Because I think as entrepreneurs, that can be difficult. I know it's difficult for me to Mm -hmm. trust people to come in, you know, and do what you do. So I'm curious to know, is that, you know, when you're building that company culture, Tell me a little bit more about your secret sauce of doing that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs do struggle with that when they have a small business that's, you know, less than five people and then they're wanting to grow
1: and expand. This can become an issue. Yeah. And I think for, I think for me really, really early on, I had to put a lot of faith in the people that I hired and realize that there are a lot of people out there that are way smarter than I am and have really good talent. And that if I do a good job trying to hire the people who know more than me in certain areas, it's ultimately going to help my company. So I I think that I've got such a great team that I really, really rely on them and their strengths and what they bring to the table. And it creates a company culture of trust. I think it when entrepreneurs or business owners start to micromanage and feel like they can't get out of the day-to-day, it can undermine that growth because they it's gonna slow down your approval processes as you're trying to grow. It's ultimately gonna feel like people to, to your team that you don't trust them and that they don't really have a say. And I feel like we all make mistakes. And so I'm really good at trying to help people come to the table and say, hey, you know what? This wasn't the best way to do it. Or I made this mistake so we can all learn from it and we can all grow and there are a lot of things in this world that can be corrected with a, a an apology so i try to lead with that
0: that's great advice you know it's that fine line of trusting someone you know it's it's hard to get past that 90 days and really trust someone you know it's like you hold their hand and then you let them go and then you can see in the first couple months if this is going to be a company fit or not. And it really truly is about hiring the right people. You know, a long time ago, I got that advice. You should hire your weaknesses. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So as a business owner and moving out of the day to day, when you moved and made that transition, how long was it before you felt totally comfortable saying, you know, I think everyone's
1: got this. I can start another business. Yeah, I think, I think one, one of the pieces is like, really, it's not necessarily a certain amount of time, it's really building that that trust. And I think the other component to the hiring the right people is making sure that you fire the wrong people. And it's such an uncomfortable thing to have to do. But like you said, sometimes like hiring your weaknesses doesn't work out. Um, And it's really hard. It's really hard to know in an interview process how somebody's gonna look at the 90 day mark because it's just such a small sliver of time. So, making sure that you get rid of the people that you don't think are a fit and that you can't trust or giving you that, um, not letting you get out of the day today is just as important. So, I think when you know you have the right people, then you can figure out what KPIs and metrics help you. of oversee your business and make sure that it's trending in the right way and that will give you the comfort to say yep everything i don't need to know exactly what they're doing i need to look at these numbers and make sure that that they look good
0: that's a great way to judge things is you know a lot of times um you know people can go off gut feelings but i think when you actually bring the metrics into the day-to-day you can they they don't lie you know so it's like this is working or it's not working so it's really concrete information Wonderful. Um, Another question for you, just with your day-to-day, Rachel, and everything. um, I know when you own a small business, it's really hard many times to take a maternity leave. Now, you have a team behind you. I read a little blog about your day-to-day and bringing your baby with you. Were you able to take those three-month maternity leaves that everybody thinks that because
1: we own our own businesses, we can do? No, I was definitely not. Um, and part of it, part of it was because I didn't, I'm so passionate about the the work that I do that that's like my other baby. But um, I, I just found I think everybody's different. I don't need a three month maternity leave to sit at home and and not be productive. I'd rather have and I, I love the term um, work life blend, because I like to blend the two things together. And as you probably know, having lots of experience with with infants and little babies, there's a lot you can get done when they're in a baby carrier on your lap or you're nursing and you're on a call. And so I try to incorporate those those things, and that brings me the most fulfillment.
0: I'll never forget one day I was walking through the neighborhood on a call and I literally had a baby sleeping on the front. I was wearing a baby on the back. I was walking my dog and I saw this woman walk by and she goes, wow, that's multitasking at next level. I'm like, listen, someone invented these things for a reason. And here we go, you know, because it is, it's so great to be able to have a hands-free experience yes. and babies sleep a lot. You know, and I just remember right around that five, six month mark, I said to myself, I need to hire my own nanny. There's no more sleeping. You know, my child is active and I never know when I'm going to be able to take that next call. So I always tell mamas, there's like this sweet spot you can get in when you first have a child, um, but eventually you're going to need help. You know, it's not something you can do. Or if you don't hire help, you have to be creative with your hours. And Rachel, that's my next question for you. Were you a nine to fiver? Do you do a split shift in your day? Has that changed as your children grow? What kind of schedule do you think works well for, you know,
1: female founders? Yeah, I love having flexibility. So with all of my uh, all of like my jobs and my companies, I feel like I've built them around the idea that like there has to be some flexibility. That's just how my life is. And um so I try to, I have childcare regularly from like 8.30 to 5 every day. But during that time, um, sometimes I'm taking, I, I take two of my kids to their activities or I take breaks to be involved with their life. And it's nice with a large family to be able to give some one-on-one attention to some of the kids during some time, you know, some periods of time and, and others. And then I often pick up my laptop in the evening after the kids are in bed and I'm on the couch. So I feel like it's a constant and that really works. um, That really works for me. I think, um, I think you nailed it too. When you were talking about before that sweet spot with like little kids, I don't, I think having the nanny and having that flexibility too, with, with childcare makes all the difference um, in terms of what flexibility I have as well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And you can have a live in or live out support.
0: Depending on what your needs are throughout the day,
1: yeah, and I think one of the the advantages that that I've really found is uh, that first year it it goes so fast and it's so important. And once they hit that five month mark, and you can't really juggle your Zoom calls and your typing anymore because they want to play with everything. Um, But for me, I nursed all my kids. My nanny could always bring the baby in to still nurse, and so it was awesome. It eliminated the need for me to pump and do all this other stuff. And I didn't get to mit- have to miss out on that bonding. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so beautiful. That's really beautiful. Having that. I always call, you know, my nannies when they work with me, a work wife, because that's what <laughs> they end up being because they know your intimate life and they're so helpful throughout your day today. Um, yeah. Rachel, what has been the most surprising part for you being an entrepreneur?
1: I think, and this might be particular to me, but I I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and I, and maybe you can relate. I think there's really high highs and really low lows. And they often go like this. And it's been amazing how quickly or easy it is to like, forget the big wins. Like a big win happens. You're like, this is awesome. Then you're like on to the next thing. And you're like, So I really try now to to step back and celebrate those um, and remind people that it's not for the faint of heart. You really have to like hang in there and ride the roller coaster and trust the process is gonna, just as, as you're gonna have those down times, you're gonna have those high times and they're gonna make it all worth it.
0: I can completely relate to you so much on that. I joke to my husband, I'm like, I'm on a roller coaster. I'm never getting off. And it's really hard to be in the present moment because as an entrepreneur, at least I know as much as I try to be in the present moment, I'm not. I'm not most times. I am with my kids because it's hard not to be. Their aha moments are right there. But with my business, I'm like, book that onto the next. Okay. What's going on with this placement? What's going on here? And I'm like, wait a minute. I just had the biggest placement of our lives. So now I've created a celebration Slack channel. I have a celebration dance I do. I have a celebration song I put on. And it may only be five minutes, but I can feel it in my body now. And so when I put out those five fires on a Monday morning, I still have that celebration I'm feeling and thinking about. And I literally just started this, Rachel, about six months ago. But prior to that, it was just like, on to the next, on to the next, you know, and we forget how much energy it takes. You know, you can be beat down more than you're celebrating sometimes just because your business is constantly evolving and and there's newness and we grow from those things. So what has been the most challenging part for you?
1: I think the most challenging part has been Accepting like the things that I can't control, like people's reactions or people in general. And I'm sure that that's very applicable to the nanny the nanny business. I know on the Carex side of things, you know, we can't control what people, people do. And so you as the owner want or the entrepreneur want things to go just smoothly and perfectly. And that always to be a good experience for the people interacting with you. And there's just some things that, Um, that are out of your control and you're just going to have to figure out ways to, ways to deal with them and ways to move past them and really focus on like how you, how you react and handle each situation. Uh, But I think that those are definitely the most challenging for me. I agree.
0: It's mindset. I tell my team all the time, we cannot control people's actions. We can only control our reactions. And the reality is, I mean, you take any industry and drop a pandemic in the middle of it, especially with, you know, placements, you're like, wow, now I could potentially place a summit, somebody in your home that could kill your whole family. Okay, great. You know, like it's terrifying or you can look at it as, listen, we have the proper protocol in place to prevent that. And you can come up with your own safety protocols. But for a moment there, it was It was, you know, I mean, it felt like the world was on fire. It really did for a good chunk of time. And there's still a lot of fear out there. So I think, you know, just trying to operate from a place of consistency and integrity, and then people are going to show up however they're going to show up around you. And you can't control that.
1: 110% agree. And I, I love everything that you just said. Yeah. Well, I think you are an absolute superstar, Rachel. I am
0: excited for your growth. I'm excited for, um, and that could be many things with your company, with your family. Is there anything else you'd like to share today with us?
1: No, just that uh, I have so much respect for all the female entrepreneurs out there. And I'm always willing to touch base with people if they have questions. So um, they can usually find me on LinkedIn or Instagram and I'm always happy to chat. Thanks so much for listening today. I
0: hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you had some great aha moments. I am so passionate about empowering women and I can't thank you enough for your support. If you know an inspiring mama or you are an inspiring mama, send them our way. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday and please like, follow, and subscribe to The Educated Mama. Write a review, leave us a comment, share this podcast with your friends. I'm Ryan Jordan, founder and CEO of Educated
1: Nannies. You got this, Mama.